I'm a geezer. I'm a geezer. I am a geezer. 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 And, I, and, I, and I have a problem. 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 Being a geezer ain't always fun and games, but you ain't alone. You're locked into the Free the Geezer podcast. It's Scotty Stacks. Danny Graff. Johnny Dutch. AKA The Manor. Now, with the help of the gorgeous Dr. Gareth. Gorgeous. And the cast of very special guests. A few boats in there. Going to be solving your problems, our problems, stripping away stereotypes. Speak, Speak your mind. Free the bird, free the geezer. Right. Hello and welcome back to the Free the Geezer podcast. This episode is called Dealing with Hate. We received loads of messages on this one from all of our fans and fellow geezers far and wide, and it is a very important issue and close to my heart in particular. Joining us in the studio, we've got Love Island's Samira Mighty. Our expert today is former footballer and love music, hate racism ambassador, Mr. Paul Cannonville. And it is an absolute honour, might I say. Uh, remember, if you haven't already, like, subscribe, and rate the Free the Geezer podcast so we can keep the talk going. Because I love music. I had, a, I had a little sound after Saturdays when I used to play football. You was a DJ, oh, right? I read this, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't yeah, know yeah. you were in that. What, what, what kind of music did oh, you speak? Oh, mate, it was better than real groove, soul. Oh, record. brilliant. What was, it, what was your DJ name? No, 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 we had no DJ. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It was called PC and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. But yeah. So, oh, sorry to cut you off there, Paul. We got a text. Jim, read out the news, please, mate. Hello, lads. Hang on, Jim. Jim. Okay, this one's from an anonymous sender. Mm-hmm. It reads My friend and I were coming back from a night out in central London. It was about 7 pm. There was a football match on that day and the bus was worse than usual. We overheard some football fans talking about a player, saying how rubbish he was, etc. The talk then descended to them referencing false stereotypes and casually bashing him for his race, all because they had lost. My friend and I eventually jumped in and asked if they would still be racially attacking this player, even if their team had won. They replied, nah, of course not. If we win, he's one of ours. These fans couldn't even understand why this was so wrong. Well, today, uh, before we get to this submission, I'm honoured to say that we've got the uh, the very respected and credible Mr. Paul Cannonball with us today. So, if you're not familiar with Paul, Paul, you were the first black player to play for Chelsea, right? I like that description. <laughs> um, you know, when you just mentioned that question, that well, that question read out. It's it just reminded me when I played at Chelsea and um, my first goal, we scored. I uh, scored at Fulham Cottage. And um, important game because we was third from the bottom. Second Derby division, as well. we needed to win all our games to stay in the league. And I scored. It was my first goal. Half volley hit it sweet on the left foot. I've seen it. I was so mm. glad, but heard in the fans they didn't count it as a goal. No. And when I asked, they said, "What do you mean, Paul Kennedy? No, he's <laughs> black, so that's not included." And I thought, "For real? Is that how they're going on? This is how the fans are going on." And I was thinking. Nah, man, what is that? What have I got to do? And trust me, it took about three years to be accepted. Really? You know, like, trust me, three did it, years. Did I'm going to tell you about it. Did it make you... I mean, if it was me, I'm thinking in my head, I'd half think, I half don't want to win half the time when I'm seeing that. Or did it make you want to go the other way and prove them wrong? No. Nah, um, for me, it was, it was a team. And Shit. the team comes first, and yeah. I want to win for the team. That's it. Um, but um, obviously, this was new for me. Playing football, growing up, it was all, you was either good or you was well, rubbish. Mm. I've come there pr- to prove to them I'm good. I've been picked. Um, and then started to play from the reserves, started to draw it into the first team. Now, as far as I'm concerned, you're one of the team members. Yeah. But I didn't expect that from the fans. I did not expect that at all. Obviously, when we were talking early on, when I first yeah. made my debut, that was Crystal Palace, it was like, Daunting. It was frightening. It was none. It's a non-confident boost for me at all. Yeah. Um, I got on the pitch after when I said that before that warming up sidelines at, at Palace um, to to see. Well, it was I was racially abused by my own fans. That's I'm not saying majority of them. Just that a large majority of these fans, which I believe were National Front followers. Yeah. Um, we're talking, we're talking early mid-80s. Like, yeah. Was it 83? It was 81. 81, 81. sorry, yeah, 81 mid-80s. So, um, 
that time, it, it really was scary for me. I didn't expect this. No. And even when I got on the pitch, I actually didn't do nothing. I just stood by the sideline, went up and down, got the ball, gave it back. Couldn't wait for the referee at that time to um, blow his whistle. And it was a case of just running straight into the changing room. And when I did that, um, this has got to be the first time mm. you've come into a changing room where it's quiet. Because we all got, we had banter. Yeah. But so the did, boys they came know, in, did they all know? Oh, what was definitely going on? Yeah, yeah. come in there because they could hear it. It was yeah. that close. You know, I could spend it at the time. Yeah, it was yeah, so close. So they all in and they just sat down and I was like, wow. I think it was uh, my governor, John Neal, at the time, resting so um, come over as can as man. I know how you might be feeling, but at the same time, these same fans are paying your wages. It's up to you. Fucking hell. Yeah. Like, there was one player that you mentioned, Pat Nevin, who I know is a very intelligent pundit and, and great former footballer, that stood up and made made a difference. How important was it to have that then, to have another a white player mm. say, no, this ain't on? You know what? That was um, when we survived and we got promoted. Yeah. Um, back with this influx of players, new influx of players that yeah. came in and Pat was one of them players <laughs> and we played Crystal Palace again. And I was receiving the same racial abuse from my players. Yeah. Pat scored though, while you go. And that was when the game was being televised, just started being televised. Yeah. So um, when they wanted to interview Pat, Pat didn't want to talk about his goal of the game. Mm. He literally said, look, it was disgusting how our fans can racially abuse a player. I was like, whoa. Now, that would have got in trouble from our own governors. Mm. You can't do that. Because it sounded like your manager didn't, your manager was telling you they pay your wages, get on with yeah. it. And that was, I mean, as I said, I, you know, I always get told I get people bring up my family that play football. But in the 80s and 70s, my family played football as well. Mm. It was, listen, mate, get on, play football. You're here to play football, don't ignore it. Yeah. Just prove them wrong. Yeah, but, having you that, it was a case of like, for me as a young boy, I didn't want to rock the boat by yeah. complaining. Because yeah. yeah. if I complain, you're going to, kick me out. Mm. And I didn't want to be kicked out. Mm. So I kept it sharp. I just got on with it. And don't get me wrong, I was hurt, I was upset. Mm. But at the same time, I didn't want to upset, say anything. And at the time, we, we, yeah, Chelsea could be honest, and they didn't do that enough. They didn't support me enough. Mm. They didn't come up and say, Pocanas, how are you? Not at all, nobody yeah. did. Yeah. I had to continue with that. Away games, home games. Away games was literally booing when you call your name to come out. And away home games, oh, I used to warm up, literally inside, changing room before I came out. Going back to, to now, and in, you know, the Raheem Sterling incident the other mm. day and other incidents we've seen in football, we were talking about earlier about the Paris incident with Chelsea. Mm. How do you think it's changed now in terms of the, the abuse and how, and how do you think it's being dealt with? Working on the projects, don't get me wrong, I used to yeah. work with the foundation. So I know what Chelsea does yeah. to eradicate racism. But as we were talking earlier, it has to come from the fans. Yeah. Even it from the top down, when you look at some of the fines, when you talk about the money that's in yeah. football now, yeah. and you look at some of the, 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 the nominal fines that clubs receive mm. when they're found guilty of their fans racially abusing players. You're talking 30, 50, 60, they're barely even six figures. That's nothing. You're talking these are youth, this is one weeks of a, of a 16 year old boy's yeah. wages nowadays. That's nothing. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like that, it doesn't set much of an example to the fans to sit there and say, this is wrong. If, listen, if, 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 if people started getting banned, if games started being played behind closed doors, mm. yeah, if clubs started receiving, receiving serious financial penalties that impacted their ability to operate as a, as a, and compete as a football club, mm. then the fans would take notice of it real quick. Definitely. Do you know what I mean? But the fa that. And I feel like the fact, the fans almost, it needs to come from, from the bottom, but it also needs to come from the top for people to say, look, it's not just about people like yourself mm. who, are, who are spokesmen and people who, who are vocal about these issues, but the people who are in charge and controlling the game need to set an example and show people this is wrong. I've been saying that because the fan to me mean a lot. <coughs> it's your club. You pay. So you know when you see or hear racist abuse from a fan, you can pick that person out. You know who it is. Now you've got to step up because, as you just said, it's your club. Yeah. So when you get a fine, you say, if we now, the FA say, hey, what? We ban all fans. Yeah. Are you going to be happy with that? Hold on, because this ignorant guy, yeah, because of him, I can't see my club. No. And that's what you need to do. I'm sorry. Because then that's what they would buck up their ideas and say, you know what, 
these are the guys we don't need, or these are the people we don't need in the club. And even making it broader and bringing it to what has just happened recently with Jack Grealish and the fan running on the pitch, and everyone said, give him a lifetime ban. And I was like, that don't, that's not going to be enough of a deterrent. If the fans, if there's a point to deduction, which is like the most extreme punishment you can get, if there's a point to deduction, everyone's going to police their own, their self. Yeah. There is no way you're going to let my man jump over uh, the, the hoardings and go and punch another player if, you, if it means that your team might face relegation. It's mad, because that can fuck with your head, can it? You've got to think, if you're playing a game and you think, you never expect it now, for the rest of his career, he could be thinking, right. you've got that in your nut. And the same, same as you had with your debut yeah. as well. Said, it was frightening. Like, coming like that, I'd be taking corners. It was that close when your back is like, oh, man, my experience... <laughs> Millwall, I went Millwall, it's a cut game. And um, Governor said, warm up, brother. When I tell you, it was so frightening. I didn't even turn my back. Mm. That's how bad it was. I was watching them and I just grinned. What are you grinning for, you? I said, yeah, I'm all right. Let me tell you something. You must have, you might have won, I think one nil. John Fashioner was playing at the oh, time, right, I remember yeah. him. So anyway, me and Jonah was walking um, back to the car. Jonah, boy, that game. And we're discussing it and we're walking to the coach. We notice a few boys behind. And so we walked a bit faster. And they walked a bit faster. So we went on a jog. And they went on a jog. And we said, now we've been chased. We got to the coach just in the nick of time. And my captain come out, Mickey Joy. I've done it, Mickey Joy, yeah. big lad, come out and said, Oh, you all right, lads? <laughs> We are now, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's how fair, because the week before, they'd slashed um, one of our youth players. Um, this weren't, this weren't, they stopped almost reporting Millwall stuff yeah. in there. I mean, and listen, they are doing a lot to try and work with it because they've still got serious problems there, Millwall. But some of the things that didn't even get reported in the 80s, I mean, that, players getting followed out of football grounds. I think it's one of the ones where it's a bit tough to... It's one of the things it's almost like it's got to die out with the generations. I feel like... But that's the problem now, I feel like, is this... It's almost like now the kids at our age should know better. Like maybe there was a generation... Yeah, Your generation where there was was an element of ignorance. And not that you can excuse it, Mm. but you can can explain it. Whereas now, our age and the younger generation, you almost have this new breed of an an educated, informed racist. Someone who's made... Uh, who's made a decision, I know what's right and wrong, right. but I want to be racist. But as you said, that older group, they was ignorant at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I even now get <coughs> apologies from that mm. same people. Yeah. When they're coming up and apologise, Paul, I want to apologise to you. I said, apologise, what? You ain't done me nothing. Yes, I did. I racially abused you when you were playing, but I didn't know any better. But now my kids are grown up, I tell them what it is and how it affects people. So, and that's your, that's your legacy. And that's, that's, a, learning. that's something that you should be very, very proud Got of. To. That is your legacy, and that is a massive thing. Oh, oh. is that Jim with the drinks? Wants to be. Jesus. It's nearly 11 o'clock. What's going on here? Happy hour, Jim. Boys. Thank you very much, Jim, for the beers. Is there a shot of brandy in that? <laughs> that's, that. that's clear, isn't it? That's not bad, the boys. Hey, the boys, cheers anyway. Cheers. Cheers, Paul. Cheers, Paul. So, Paul, could you, um, you're involved in, a, in quite an important movement at the moment called Love Music, Hate Racism. Can you tell us a bit more about um, that, please? I was really kind of honoured and privileged to, because um, I'm the ambassador um, at the Love Music, Hate Racism. And before I was introduced, I, I was talking to Paul Sullivan down at um, um, Warner, down oh, Brothers, right. is it? And it was, um, once he explained what he wanted to do, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is ideal. This is needed, most definitely. Combinating music and football, I thought, you know what, yes. And it is acknowledgement, and it is to get that message out regarding racism in society, racism in football in itself. So um, I've enjoyed it. Oh. Here we go. Thank you, Paul. Uh, we got another text. Jimmy, what's the news, bro? Hello, boys. Uh, this one is from Prem via Instagram. Hey, lads. I grew up in a predominantly white town as a British Asian and I've faced a range of different prejudice from outright use of the P word to getting served last at the pub. The older generation have grown up with racist undertones in society, but today's generation seem to be taking some of that ignorance with them. 
The use of Britain first being a big phrase at the moment and a lot of the race debates are resurfacing thanks to Brexit. My question for you, lads. Do you think prejudice against people of colour will always exist, whether that's online, in the pub or at the football? And do you think we will soon see a British society where racism doesn't exist? Feels unlikely with Brexit around the corner. This is one of the things I I said to you boys before the whole Brexit thing came about. I'd thought that throughout our lifetime, things had seemed to get better. And it thought it was on an upward trajectory. Mm. And and like you say, it's just over these last few years, it's just become more in your face and more apparent. Because we we noticed it in our school. Like we went... We left a certain school and I, I was probably what one of like two white kids in a group of predominantly black or Asian yeah, kids right. in our gang. But I used to get it just for hanging around with black people. Right. So I used to feel it a little bit the same way and I take, I take the same sort of offence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even we noticed that we all felt like that we changed people's minds yeah. going into, a, going into a place where they hadn't seen a lot of black people, I, hadn't come into contact. Yeah. and. We thought things were just going that I'll, way, but it... I'll tell you one thing, Dan, and going on from that, because, yeah, that, that definitely happened when we went, to, we went to college. I used to look for it a lot when I was a kid. And before I went to Langley, I used to look for it. I remember one time, we had, I had a family christening up in Essex, and me and my dad were in a car going up there, we got lost. And I was like, Dad, I don't want to get out of the car. I don't, I don't really want to go and ask for direct. We were lost, so I was going to ask for direct, so I don't want to get out of the car. In the end, me and my dad had a row about this, that, that, that and the other. And then I got to the christening, my uncle said to me, he was in the Navy, he was like... You're, people are only racist until you give them a chance to meet you. You have an, you have an opportunity to change everyone's opinion. And I've learned that you, you, know, you can, if you, if you go into situations expecting it, sometimes it can cause a lot of friction. But if you go into a situation and think, all right, cool, I've, I've got an opportunity here. You shouldn't have to, but I've got an opportunity here to change people's opinions or prejudices about me. You can affect it. And I, I learned that. But what we're seeing now in social media is that it shows that it doesn't, this isn't even about thinking about, they might have a load of black friends, mm. but because they've got anonymity and no one can see them, mm. it's about, you know, being extreme. It's banter, really. It's extreme banter. People don't even really, I don't feel, feel these things, but they want to do extreme banter. They want to make, make a, you know, make a... Do you know what's mad as well? Stuff. The thing is, there are obviously some people are, are like that. Some people will, <clears throat> some people are ignorant. Some people get it from their parents. If you actually put down the newspaper and turn off the TV, and stop reading social media and interact with people. Do, yeah. how, 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 do you, how much do we really dislike each other? If you put us all in a room together, yeah. right, with, a, with people who are all different, people who've got different opinions, people who, who supposedly don't like each other because of certain beliefs or principles, put them in a room together for a few hours, give them something to talk about. How much do we actually dislike each other? If, if do you, you mean? Not much. after Brexit, because I remember you, you, you two both ran me out a three-way conversation, you've gone, that, that, like, you lot were in shock. You were like, I'd half, I half thought it was going to happen, but you were like, this, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. But even that day, I remember the first news story was about a, po- a bit of abuse, some graffiti or something about yeah. Polish people, and then a Polish geezer got beaten up. Mm. And it created that idea in your head yeah. that suddenly you're at war and everyone's, mm. think, everyone's looking at each other yeah. and not trusting them. And it built this that... This is what he's saying. It built yeah. a narrative, I think, that... Has, and then people that try and fit it. I think mm. that people hate each other more than they do. Because for me, all right, Growing up, it's what my mum came over. She came over the Windrush, yeah, but and she came over to be a nurse, like grand, much of my grand and mum. So when she got here at age 16, and what she saw, yeah, I was shocked. I was, I was, I don't know if I could take that mum. My age, and like, like my standing, I thought, oh, mum, what did you went through? And what she told you, boy, it was quite easy for you to get upset but sometimes you could lose your life or you can walk your life. Yeah. So with that, I accept anybody I see. Yeah. And that was what it was for me. Yeah. Whether you're Asian or Chinese, unless you did me something, then that's all. But I accept you as a friend. How are you doing? I would want to learn your culture. It's simple as. Now, what I see now, that people are not accepting it and coming and tell me, here what now, go back to your own country. Hold on, mate. I was born here. <laughs> I'm British. Mm. Mm. I think it's scary. I think it's scarier not knowing you were confronted with it as you were growing up. Oh. So you were chased down the street. These days, you don't know where it's coming from. You don't know what's going to happen next. Like you said, Daniel, Brexit was a surprise. Mm. You don't know what's going to happen next. And it's like, it's almost like it's even become more widespread. Because it's suppressed, it's become more widespread than every certain feeling. I know a couple of players that are still affected by the receiving the racism at football. Mm. It still affects them. Mm. To me, I've let it pass now. 
Mm. It's gone. It's what I can do about it right yeah. now. Yeah. That's right? a great and That's where I'm reaching now. I go into schools because yeah. it's the youngsters that need to know and understand great what attitude. racism is about. Yeah. That's how I'm going by it. There is a difference. There's, this is the, a lot of the problem with the Twitter outcry. There's a difference between people who won't say anything mm. and will play it completely PC who behind closed doors are racist. Right. And then people who might have banter but ain't racist. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then even though that banter ain't on. Mm, and mm. then a lot of the time... Exactly. They're the ones who end up getting attacked for it or not, and it misplaced, but I mean. Oh, we got a guest. I think, hello. Oh, hello. Hi. I think we've got a lovely Samira Mighty to come and join the show. Hey. Hello, babe. Nice to see ya. How are ya? Looking Good. glorious in orange, sweetheart. <laughs> hello, babe. Hello. Would you like a drink, Samira, before we start? Of what? See, um, what, can we, what can we get Samira to drink? <laughs> he was all right earlier, right? Yeah, he's getting all flustered, Jim. You're blushing, mate. It's all right. Water, please. Can I get a water top beer. up as well, please, Jim? Um, how have you been, though, Samira? Yeah, fab, thanks. Yeah, and you, what, you been up, what have you been up to recently? I mean, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I can a lot, imagine. a lot, a lot. Yeah. Loads of, like, different opportunities and... Just loads of different stuff to yeah. do, doing things that I've always wanted to do. So we introduce everyone properly. This is Paul yeah. Cannonville. He's been our esteemed expert today and he's given us a great bit of knowledge mm -hmm. on uh, race and hatred in yes. society. What we've been talking about is dealing with hate. Mm -hmm. right? We've had fans sending stories about abusing football and society on the whole. You've obviously been in a reality TV environment, mm -hmm. so you've come under a lot of public scrutiny mm. online. Would you say that you've dealt with a lot of abuse or hatred online? I mean... You know what, I get asked this question a lot, but like not really. Really? Um, more, I get trolled more by black people. This is what I was saying. Yeah. So weird, like I didn't know, I would never expect yeah. that. Yeah. Like. I remember during, when you first come out, there was a situation that come out with, uh, something to do with hair. My, my, my missus is a big fan of you, Samira. She loved oh. you in the show, right? And she, uh, and it was something to do with hair and the fact that you, I don't know, so I don't know much about hair, but she, my missus does, she's a black woman as well. But don't wear wigs or something. Don't like wear that. wigs or not getting your weave done in the right place, and it was Man, like. I was in forty degree heat. Are you this mad? Is what I'm <laughs> <laughs> I was happy Just to see. Just in and out of chlorine pool. Yeah. I was happy oh, to see. Oh, when okay. I, now I understand. Yeah. Because I didn't understand when uh, when a, a, a black woman has natural hair underneath. Mm. Why are you putting on the wig and then why are you putting extension when you have got real natural mm. hair? And I couldn't understand. Like, it. I I had in the villa. I had like half my natural hair yeah. and half like just Which like extensions most, most because I'm not being funny. Right. My hair's well curly yeah. and like obviously I was You're scared going into reality show like being like oh the only black girl or whatever. Mm, yeah. Like my hair's not like really because my mum's like white. It's just like. It's easy to maintain. I didn't know how long I was going to be in there. Yeah, and I was there for six yeah, weeks. I'm not yeah. going to lie. And a wig in that heat. I, yeah. I've never worn a wig in my yeah, life. So what kind of what kind of abuse did you receive from black people following the show? I mean, to be fair, when I came out, it was very positive. And then, like, if I saw, like, a black person on the street, they'd be like, oh, they did you bad on that show. They didn't show you right. enough, da-da-da-da-da. But I'm like... I mean, I, I watched it back and I was like, yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. Like, I didn't have a storyline for a while until yeah. my ex mm. came in. Okay. So I didn't, I was, I was in a friendship couple for ages, so yeah. there wasn't really anything to follow more than like someone else kicking off about getting with someone I else. thought you handled yourself, and this is the thing, and I, I always say this, when, we, when I watch these reality TV programmes and they've always put a black person and I always think to myself, why have you put yeah. someone like that doesn't reflect us? And we, and I remember saying, I used to watch the whole season with my missus and we were like, it was good to see someone, a normal, down-to-earth girl who was who literally who represented us. Because it, it's always still a case. Whenever you see a black person on television, it's yeah. like, okay, what's she gonna do? Yeah, 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 They're yeah, representing yeah. us right now. Big brother did it every every, every year, time. Big brother. Most I just get told I'm a white black girl. Now. No, it's so weird. Like it's just mad. You were, like... the, you were the person in the house, and I think it was the same with Marcel the year before where people went to and they felt they could talk and you were a shoulder to lean on for a lot yeah, of people yeah. and you were an important member of you that house. You seemed normal, yeah. pretty much. Not like, like a lot like, of other yeah. people. And we, the thing is, and it's sad because we need the reality, and it is the biggest, probably the biggest reality TV programme going and we don't ever get well represented on it and it is, and it's sometimes it's, it's important that we have that. And I feel as though it was a perfect opportunity for us to say, well done, Samira. And it was sad to see what happened afterwards yeah. because you're, you are just so happened to be attracted to, to white men and, it, and that was, so it felt like we became a little bit tribal with it and said, oh, why aren't she like black men and this, that, and the other, when we should have been celebrating the fact that you, you carried yourself very well in the yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, that's the thing, like, I got when, it, like, I think ITV had to actually even put a statement out being like, mm. it's not that we didn't show Samira, it's that, it's the fact that 
there's so much there's so much that goes on that you guys don't see yeah. 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 it's crazy like and you know they cut loads of bits and blah 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 mm. and that's what I was saying to producers when I auditioned it's not that I don't fancy black men <laughs> it's just like if someone comes in the villa that is right for me I'll go for it I literally did this show to show that anyone of colour can do this show and not be like yeah. Not, do you know what I mean? And, not and I think you did a great job. Jim, yeah. have we got a text there, my friend? No, that's no, one of your phone. mobiles. Oh, Jesus oh. Christ. Did they give you counselling after the show? Yeah. Or anything like uh, that? So you have a therapist in there. Oh, is okay. it? So you, oh, really? I saw her quite a bit. Yeah. Um, you can see her anytime. Yeah. You can just go to the beach and be like, can I see her? Um, and yeah, she's great. But yeah. sometimes, like, I mean, it's scary. You don't, honestly, you don't know the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what day it was. Mm-hmm. You yeah, don't know mad. what what you're doing in the evening. You don't know if you're going home that evening. Like, no joke, you could be in... There was Someone was... I think it was, like, four days. No, two, three days in, and then Adam yeah. had to put someone to go home, and it was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then, no joke, you have five minutes to pack your bags, and it's gone, and you're gone. You don't see him again. Move on. i tell you what, and now that I did think that, I thought to myself... I mean, were you were you drinking? That's one question. I'd, I'd, was there a lot of alcohol there? Or was it? No. They don't do the alcohol. Two, two glasses of wine or prosecco. Or yeah. Four little beers, but like sometimes, like the first night, I was paralytic because <laughs> I was like so nervous. I was yeah, in the hotel yeah. like three three in the morning. Like first, I was the first girl in. So yeah. I, it was the hottest day of the year. <laughs> so yeah. Sweating, yeah. nervous. No one picked me. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, I couldn't eat. And then you want to look like slim, and then everyone was just paralytic over two glasses of wine. Do you know what I mean? But then our next couple days, you get used to it. um, I've always said how mentally strong you got to be. Not only you got all that pressure inside, you could you could fall for someone, and then they. Sleep yeah. with someone else the next night. It looks really like like people were like, oh, girl, you shouldn't have left for him, and blah, blah, blah. But when you're yeah. in there, yeah. you are in like some sort of bubble cage. Yeah. Yeah. Head fuck, mm. And you're just like, you, you, I love you. Yeah. Well, we fall in love every year in Ibiza. It's not like you get it. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, you got a text. You got a text. Jim, give us the news, please, bro. Uh... Hello, guys. Uh, hello, Samira. Um, so this is from Alex23 from Oxford. There's a lot of memes flying back and forth on several of my lads' WhatsApp groups about Liam Neeson, Fire Festival, etc. The majority are harmless, but occasionally you get a few that are un-PC. My lot from home often share memes and repeat comedian jokes I've seen on TV that are not safe for work and would otherwise be considered possibly racist, homophobic, etc. It makes me feel uncomfortable, especially if they are having the banter in a public place. I've tried to call them out on it before, but get shot down for taking stuff out of context. Wondered what your take was. Um, what we were saying earlier about banter and boundaries and uh, the fact that since social media, I feel as though there is zero boundaries when it comes to banter. And I feel as though people try and push it and push it. It's like a child, if you, you know, a toddler, you're going to push the boundary, push the boundary, see how much you can get away with. And I feel as though social media allows that environment I mean, and I don't use Samira. You said you didn't get, you've not got too much abuse in the DMs, no, or so much, or do you not look for it anymore? Um, I, to be honest with you, it's more people being like, uh, "Why are you trying to be white, or why you, uh, why is your face paler than you?" I don't know. And it's like, actually, I haven't got any makeup on this. I look in the morning. Sorry. <laughs> it's, 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 I feel like it's like, do you it's not? Just so random. I'm just like, do you take it though? Because I think uh, sometimes uh, the way I'd look at it is if people who are giving out this sort of abuse, you just think, that's obviously someone who ain't worth my time. In real life, if I see a nutter saying Brixton, just shouting crack, shouting crazy stuff, you'd think, I'm not going to listen to anything you're saying. It's more the personal stuff, I feel. Yeah. I don't care about the way I look. If you comment on the way I look, it's more like, you have no career, look what show you're on, no one cares about you, Z and stuff, and you think, oh my God, like I was in a stable career before doing something every day for a year. And I've decided to change my career completely. And it yeah. kind of, that little comment just gets you a little yeah, bit like, oh, God, that, yeah. I'm not like Beyonce. Do you know what I mean? And I know I'm not, but like, I will be one day. You know, it goes back to your debut, Paul, when you were saying about, you got a debut, you're about to go and play for Chelsea, dreams come true. And it feels like as if when you've got, a, when you're in position or you've got, a, you've got to a certain status, people feel as though they have a right to judge, they own your, you know, yeah. they're going to judge your image. They're going to judge, they're going to they're going to be able to call you. Because you're in a position of power, or not position of power, but it, elevated status, I can judge you. I can, I, I own. It was kind of funny because, when I say funny, it wasn't. Situation when, at work, and I say at work, mentioning in the changing room, where boys are giving a black joke. Mm. Me being black. Mm. 
that I'm going to accept that. No, mm. you can't do that in front of me. Mm. I'm sorry. So when we got the chief now, mm. Ken Bates, our manager, giving a black joke to the players, mm. and I've come in and he thinks that I'm happy with it. Mm. What do I do here? Because this is the chairman, this is the governor. Mm. Nah, I've got to stand up for this. Here, what now? I'm not happy with that. Yeah. In fact, don't have any more black jokes in front of me. Yeah. Simple. But Paul, no, no, I don't want it. Yeah. And I had to stand up with that. And as soon as you do that, you're a troublemaker. That's the one. The same way, Samira, if you had said, you know, if you'd responded, because there's a lot of people online that will respond to the racial banter and the DMs. I mean, Stan Collymore's one, who he always posts any sort of abuse he gets online, he'll post on his Twitter, and it makes him even more of a scapegoat. So if you would, last summer, when people talk about your weave, you'd be like, listen, I'm going to make a statement now. If you made something of it, you would have become even more of a target. So you've got to be silent yeah. with it. So you've got to deal with it, ignore the abuse, which is even worse. So you're, you're even more of a victim because you can't even speak up about it. Yeah. So I mean, then, but then what's the best way? How do you address it then? How do you, how do you, how do you vocalise the problem? At the moment... If you feel, but that's how, how, how difficult must it be moment, if you feel like you don't want to say anything right. because it's going to exacerbate it? What about you, Samira? So in terms of some of the hate that you did receive online, did you used to... Because we're, we're very difficult with this because I'm the hot-headed one. I'm, like, I'm probably the bit immature one. So you guys, in terms of people, if we get like, rude comments, like, everyone can have their say. Like, it's music here, so we get a lot of criticism, positive and negative, especially on YouTube. Less, less so on our own socials because it's, it's our fans, but on YouTube it's a lot more, it's a lot wider, especially when we used to do stuff in the early days where we probably weren't as good on, other, on bigger platforms when there's a wider audience. And I was always the one that wanted to, like, fuck that, I'll reply to yeah. that comment, do you know what I'm saying? And you were like, oh, no, just leave it, just leave it. And I'm like, no, I'm not having it. Yeah. And, then, but, and then the thing is, in, as soon as you buy it, like you say, people jump on it. So for you yourself, are you someone who, who will try and leave it altogether, or do you react, or do you try and deal with it diplomatically? Yeah. Like, what's your way? Of, what's your approach to it? It depends what it is. Like, I have a lot, a lot of fans that like jump on these comments more than I'd actually see yeah. them, yeah. and they are so, so loyal. That they're helps. so nice, and they're all really young as well. And they're really yeah. like, I'm like a black girl, and she helped me. Da, 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 da. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get so, and <laughs> yeah. it's so, like even in the street, they're like, Oh my god, like. You've really helped me with my yeah. confidence and whatever. And I'm like, oh, did I? Like, I don't, do you know what I mean? I don't even know. But like, I've had like comments, like I had one, it was like, this girl should be on like suicide watch. Blah, 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 blah. And I actually commented back being like, it was something like, it was like, go back to your day job and stuff. And I thought, actually, my day job was actually brilliant. <laughs> I was in the West End, twice, like in Mamma Mia, straight into Dreamgirls, done a Hollywood movie, did it. Like, I was like, that, what job are you doing? And I was like, and how disgusting that is of you to say that when you have no idea. And then like, I think like a lot of like, Black Instagrams, you know, like Shea Borough and that. Like, oh, they all, like, yeah, yeah, they yeah, all yeah, tweeted yeah, yeah. it. I follow them, but they are They're savage, yeah. they're savage. <laughs> and they, like, reposted it and stuff, and then, like... But like I said, sometimes it's, it, like, it's not... You know what? It's a lot of black men that yeah. I get hate from. Yeah, really. Yeah, and, uh, listen, yeah like, uh, just like, who does she think she is? She needs to... Uh, it's so weird, like... like it's, black men are very proud men. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Black <laughs> men are very, very proud men. And when they... they and this, is, this goes back to what both our generations and generations before... That it's a it's a thing where if a, if a, if a black woman did, didn't like black, you start questioning yourself. Yeah, yeah. We've already to know what it is, and, I, and it does go back a bit. It's like we've already been told we're not good enough. So when our own, so that's where it comes. When our own it doesn't, we we we're used to hearing that. So when our own, I feel as though we take it a bit personally. But times have moved on, right? We live in a wider society now, and a lot of our black women. Listen, we've you know, listen, we've had a lot Anything, of problems. Yeah, what it is like. Yeah. It's just like Love Island. The thing is, like they have a story. Like I love all the producers and I love mm. all the casting team and I'm so grateful for like being an OG on there as well mm. but like the thing is what you're watching is a reality show yeah. if mm. it's just all of us getting on and getting with like the, the people that you'd expect mm -hmm. da, 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 then it would be boring wouldn't boring. it yeah. like mm. they have a storyline for every single person of course. and unfortunately my storyline was I was a bit unwanted. I knew I weren't going to get picked first off. Are you mad? Of course I did. Like oh, that's a surprise. Sure. I was surprised. And all the boys were like, "Oh, you just looked really intimidating." Of course I looked Jesus intimidating. Christ. Do you that know what I mean? Works. Of course I did. Because I was standing there in a, in a leopard print bikini. Like <laughs> that's why. That's why. That's how Scary Spice got her name. That, Do you know that, what I mean? That ain't to be. That ain't fair. Though, like, we see what honest. you said. We see what you said about saying, "Oh, you, but you, you've already been told you're good enough." I think that you've got to remember <clears throat> when you receive this kind of hatred and abuse. Mm. Is that so much of it is people projecting. 
their own insecurities, insecurities. Yes. and yeah. their own demons. And it's people that, like, going back to what we said before about the, what um, Biel said about the Grealish thing, and when people act a certain way publicly, you've got to look deeper in it and think, mm. what the fuck is going on in your life mm. to make you is, that hateful person? If I'd you know have gone I mean? on there, walking in going, oh, hey, girl, you know, I'm twerking on the floor, being like, where's my KFC? Right. Like, where's my, where's my rice and peas? And, like, patting my head. I still like people would be like, now who's this girl? This girl. So yeah. where do I stand? You have, you can't win. I'm too white or I'm too black. Yeah. I feel like it goes both ways, isn't it? Because people will say people will say horrible things. And then they'll say, oh, fuck off, it's just banter, don't take it so seriously. But then there is a side of me, and I suppose it's more sort of something I say to you often, and it's more difficult because of how prevalent it is now, yeah. But if everyone could have a laugh and take the piss out of themselves a bit and take themselves a little bit less seriously, yeah. right? Then it'd be all right. Like me and you, we, like against, like between your closest mates, right? Yeah. Between all our closest mates, right? We've got white people, Asian people. One of our mates looks a bit Chinese, and the disgusting, racist disgusting stuff. racist yeah, jokes that fly around between us. Yeah. yeah? If, if 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 it went outside the WhatsApp group, it, it'd be horrible. If it got taken out of context, but because we know. Exactly that we don't mean it, because we know that there's no malice behind it, it's all right, because we can laugh at it. But you, it's the intention. You do know how far to take it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, don't get me wrong, yeah, that's the one there. Oh, yeah, of yeah. Of the, key, the key thing is, like what Samira was facing was people that had no idea who she was mm. and making judgments on on whether her makeup matched with her neck, whatever it was. Yeah. You don't know no, you don't know her like that. Her mum wouldn't make I have that. No idea. You know what I'm saying? Her mum wouldn't make that judgment on you. Like so, why do you, if your mum or your cousin or someone you grown up with, what man? How is Billy from flipping from Hull gonna sit there and make a judgment on you? It don't make sense. And this is where people. You know, they, they get too fresh. That's what it is. Go back to it. They think, they feel as though you get behind the DM and you be able to, or get behind the comments and you say whatever you want. There needs to be repercussions for that because if someone started doing that to little Billy with 23 followers, he'd have a breakdown. No, like, let's have it right. I, I outed someone and I just thought, you know what, it wasn't even that bad. I think she was about mm. 21. Yeah. And she, I think she's, I can't remember what she said, but it was something a bit racist. Mm. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to put this on my story. Instantly, please, 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 I beg you, beg you. I'm getting so much hate from me. I didn't mean it. It was just a joke. Da, 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 like, and she was like begging me. Like, when I mean, and I felt a bit bad, but I was like, sorry. <laughs> and I sent, I sent her a message being like, listen, I'm, I don't know you. Uh, you'd probably think that we don't see this these messages with like yeah, oh, a lot yeah, of our yeah. followers. Like we've got, I've got a million followers. Like you wouldn't think I'll right. see this. But the thing is, like we do see it and that little comment could hurt someone that has, isn't as thick skinned as me. The yeah. is when you get supporters behind you like that. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, because I've had the same thing yeah. in a situation that I put on Facebook. I've just received this. Kenneth, it's disgusting. And the guy, they was on top of that person. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want it like that. I just want it, look, because yeah. I didn't want to reply to it. Because yeah. I know I would have said, but I said, you know what? Let you see this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just went, whoa. And I thought, I was surprised. God, you do have people watching yeah, your thing and exactly. supporting you, Paul. There is a so, problem. yeah, the first time wrong. I saw that, I remember it was, it was nothing to do with even that hatred. It's in your laws on graph video. And I've got Come Palace, right? So I've got a lyric in there that says, Stand up if you love Mill, what now? Sit down. Mm -mm. Right? And then so underneath, a Mill Wolf fan. And the thing is, like, we got a lot of Millwall fans. We're from South London, yeah? yeah. And so Millwall, Millwall fans commented underneath it, right? And said, who's this talking about Millwall? We'll get pinged. <laughs> and then another, 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 someone else, a Millwall, I think it was Millwall Ted or Millwall something else, replied to him, replied to this other Millwall fan, and said, it's his fucking song, he can say what the fuck he wants. And I thought, what are you back to here? Yeah. I couldn't believe it. And it's like, it just goes to show, like, yeah. but, oh, we got a text. Go on, Jim. Finally, give us the news, mate, I'll please. Send, I'll send this one. Good job. Right. Yeah. This one is from an anonymous sender. <laughs> I'm five foot five, but I've never let my height hold me back. Never. <laughs> During my last year of university, some random filmed me dancing stupidly on a night out. A couple of weeks later, I had found out that the clip had been posted online and picked up by one of these viral meme accounts, and it was captioned, the midget MJ. The post had received over 4,000 comments, all of which were abusive. Initially, it was people making fun of my height, pint size, childlike, that sort of thing. But then it quickly escalated to people telling me to die or get locked away to prevent sharing my shit genes. It knocked my, it knocked my confidence so much, I've come off all social counts completely. My mates are telling me to ignore the trials and not let it affect me, but that's easier said than done when you experience so much hate firsthand. Right. Do you know, it goes, 
Yeah, it's disgusting. You know where it goes back to? Die from someone dancing. That's what I think. It's like it's a crazy person commenting. This is no. You know what it is though, Dan. We were talking about boundaries about what you said though. Like culture. Like culture. It's what you said the other day about people. There's a certain there's a there's a side of it that people are obviously very hateful, insecure people. But then now there's this whole group of people who sit behind a social media account with a fake picture, right, and look for a reaction. Yeah. No, you know what I mean? and then it, but this is what I'm talking about boundaries. And now you do everything now. And this was a, before you were a toddler who was attention seeking. You go and stand in the middle of the room with your aunties and uncles, you do a little dance. Nowadays, there is grown people that will sit on their Instagram account and I want to get the most likes. Yeah, I want to cause the mo most of the stir. You do it on YouTube, anything else. This is what, so it started, and this is where it goes, it graduates. So it starts as making jokes about his height, which he's probably used to, this, that, and the other. Then it gets to the point where he's not allowed to share his genetics with people. That's Do you know how mental it is? You don't know who this person, but you're saying you're not allowed to, to breed. They're which probably is probably jealous of his confidence. Yeah. And but it's also, you know, if it, there's like a culture, you've got it in football Twitter, you've got it on, if you go on boxing videos, you see it a lot as well, where it's, say, the most hurtful thing. Hurtful, it's the strongest banter. banter. And it's because we've got you, to be honest, in, when it comes to comedy, some of my favourite comedians, yeah. Your Chappelle's, Ricky Gervais's. Jim, Jim Jeffries. Bro, they, they all go the strongest. And in the platform of comedy, it's funny. Yeah. It is. And there's always a target of comedy. There's always someone who has to be the victim of yeah. it. But on his YouTube, that's why I say you can't engage with it because they're not actually trying to have a go at you. They wouldn't say this in person. If they see you in real life a lot of the time, they go, you're that geezer who was doing that little dance. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sure, Samira, you've met yeah. you must have had this so out, many like, people. That... The same people who would give it to you, you online. See it in your face. <laughs> You know what I get? Um, someone came up to me the other day, where was I? I don't know, I was in Chelsea somewhere. It's like, on TV, you were so ugly, but in real life, you're so beautiful. Oh and Alex was like... Is that a chat up line? Is that a chat? <laughs> <laughs> or, or I've heard the other one, you're so pretty for a black girl. There's a yeah, lot you're of... so pretty for a black girl. <laughs> so you're all right, you know, you're all right. That's what I get from the black... You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> my mum, my mum had it re recently in this in this day and age. Like my mum's, my mum's quite well spoken. Like your mum is, yeah. yeah my mum yeah, went yeah. when she lived in Kenya. They had like elocution lessons and all sorts, right? Mm. I remember years ago when she said we should go out a black cab because he was ch chatting away to this cabbie, like going through rush hour traffic, having a right good chat with him, and he said. You speak really good English for an Indian. <laughs> All right, darling, thank you. And it's like, fuck me, like, well, really? Please but this is the thing, <laughs> really? These are the, these are the <laughs> things that also... And that was a, that was a, com that was a compliment it's for him, you know? It's mad they think it's a compliment. <laughs> that was a That's compliment for him. Thing is you think you're giving thank someone you. a compliment here, like... What? But it goes back to this. This is where you have to realise it. If you take that compliment, compliment from, or whatever, the, the, the statement from that person, you've got to realise where that comes from. He has no clue. He actually thinks he's complimenting yeah. you. So if you know that he, if he thinks he's complimenting you, then well, then you take it as that. Yeah. If he's someone is saying it in a snide way, if someone's saying "fuck me," all right, it's a bit tasty for you for a black geezer, isn't ya? Yeah. If someone says that, that's different to yeah. someone saying, "oh, you talk very well for a black," but and that's where it comes from. And I'm sure. Is it? But it's still though. There's still like my mum didn't. My mum didn't take it well. Yeah. yeah, that's just out of ignorance. I remember when I was in primary school. I remember this clearly, and I got a bad memory. I had this friend, right. He's like from like reception up to like year two, so like four, five, six years old. He was like one of my best mates in school, right? And then I used to, there was like three of us in like, oh, us three mates here. There's me, a Turkish boy, and him, his white kid, right? And us two, we used to always go around to his house after school, yeah, because he used to live close. And then after like a couple of years, like I weren't getting invited no more. And being, bear in mind, I was six. Mm. And I said to him, I remember saying to him, like, oh, can I come today? And he went, my dad don't like you because you're <laughs> Wow. At least he was honest. Mad though, innit? That's yeah, you mad. That's innit? mad, innit? That's at, mad. at six, at and six. I was just like, I didn't even really get, I was like, oh, all right then. Yeah, and you don't say, yeah. You don't do, you know, like, do you know what I mean? Nah. That's the real, it's the ones where, where someone, like someone's old man has actually said that to their so kid. To a six-year-old kid. What sort of hatred have you got? Like, that's a mad thing. Mad. But how, have you, nah, how can you not like a six-year-old? Like, how yeah. can you have that? That's just... Don't understand that. That's, a, that's nah, the deep root. That's, that's the deep that's, part. Yeah, that's, 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 that's unchangeable. That's what we've got to reach. That's what we've got to reach to. You can't do a lot about that, unfortunately. You know. You'd think it'd be the other way around. You'd think the fact that your kids are playing with other kids and might change him, but instead... And that's the thing that's fucked, is what we were saying before, and when it goes to tribalism, is that babies aren't tribal. No. Nah. So when you talk about tribalisms, learn behaviour, innit? Because babies, put, put a group of babies in a village and raise them together yeah. and they're not going to separate. 
you, because of the colour of their skin. Do you know what I loved about that show the most? You know the best friendship on that show was her and Danny. Danny and Danny Dyer. You and Danny Dyer would have... That was like the one constant you had. Everyone was changing couples, this, that and the other. And I know Danny and... Uh, was it Jack? Jack was... Were, but you and Danny were very, very close. And that sent, sent a message. She was... Let's have it right. If I'm going to be honest, she is Danny Dyer's daughter. She's from Essex. She's Essex as they come, right? She's a lovely, lovely girl. But for her to have said, this is my sister. Yeah. She didn't say she's your friend. She said, this is my sister. And that sent... That in itself sent a message. Yeah. So if you did nothing else in the show, if you still come off and people will question you, weave this, that, other, you and her built a bond, yeah. which just shows. Like, Danny Dyer is the... You can't get any more English than Danny Dyer. No, no, but very English. Yeah, very English. But she said, this is my sister. And she helped you through hard times, you helped her through hard times. Yeah. And that was a good that was a good, good example of that. But you need more of that. And I don't feel as though there is enough of that on, on telly. I don't feel as though... Yeah. The, the Pat Nevin story that you told us earlier... There isn't enough for that because there is people that speak out for you. There was. There, there is a few people that, and they can set an example, more so even than you. It's just, I suppose, when you say that, it is those, uh, when they think about speaking out, is the consequences of receiving at mm. the end of it. Yeah. And that's the reason why they won't. And yeah. for me, I'm like Pat. It's something I dislike. I'm going to say I dislike it. Yeah. I don't hear that, that you don't like what I said. I'm going to say, because everybody has their own opinion, mm. but I'm going to say I didn't dislike it and I'll tell you why I didn't dislike it. If you don't yeah. like it, that's cool, but I explained it. Mm. Let's go on from there. But yeah. um, some people will be just... I had to do that in the villa, though. Like, yeah. I'm not a very... I don't really like um, arguing or yeah. confrontation or anything yeah. like that. Like, I'm quite chilled, because when I get angry, I get so angry. I think mm. that's just like the that's Scorpio the in me. I'm a bit of a psycho. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I just yeah, get... Yeah. Like, I go mad. Mm. If I, I'm fine... But then if something happens, and, and I'm go, like... you go, you go, innit? I yeah. go. And, yeah. like, I think there was something on the outside when I saw when I come out. Um, like, Hayley, she's, like, the sweetest person ever. She is, that is the Liverpool the, the one who's like, Brexit? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Brexit. she's just Hayley. And if you don't know her, you don't like She'll that be Jackie. And, like, I think it was, like, the first thing she said to me when I walked. She was like, oh, hello. She was like, can you twerk? <laughs> and, I was, and I was just like... Um, no, actually. <laughs> I'm a dancer. Trying to break the ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like that. Like it was just like, you know. And then I kind of wanted to go like, why would I be able to twerk for? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, that would have been jokes so though. Your hair, like, uh-uh. so, so. Is it straight or curly? I'm like, why does it matter to you? Yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to be like that. I'm like, I'm on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, I'm not really like that. But like, yeah. you're just like. Imagine if I said that. Imagine, oh, just imagine. Yeah. And like, it would have been like, oh. And you did well though, because you, like you say, you would have been painted a complete, you'd have been painted as an utter. Yeah. Why is she kicking off? Why is she yeah. going mad over here? At first, I was a bitch apparently from my VT when I'm like, hi, I'm Samira, I'm in the West End, like, I'm a dream girl. And it's like, you have to remember, this is Do my you know what VT. You're reminding me I'm of. not going to sit there being like, yo, like, I'm Samira. No. Yeah. Hi. You could tell you were a fit, you could tell you were a performer. I'm a performer. Like, it was like you were like one of the like your extra. But if a white if a white girl had done the same VT, you would have said it would have said, oh, she's like an LA girl. She's, yeah, she's, she's just cool. comfortable in front of the camera. But yeah, I can yeah. see why people. Like, bitch. But then yeah. you see what you said about so like that Haley and she didn't mean it, and that's the thing. So we've all got kind of we've all got mates who are like in different positions. Like you've got some mates that will be ca- casually a bit prejudiced without realising it. Because they're because they're a bit simple or ignorant, they don't mean any harm. But in some of us, I know what I have. I'm sure we've all got a couple of mates who you know are your good mates, but you know we're a bit racist. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? But then how? What, what's where do you lot? What's you lot's position on that? On like someone who's who's who you know is your mate, who's a, who's a real yeah, mate, but you know yeah, you know they're a bit racist. But then what's your? Are they, are they, do you keep them at distance? Do you what like? What's your you opinion do. on people like you that? You don't close, yeah. but you know that. You know I you know. Really yeah, the mate. I come in the road, boom. But invitation, not too sure. I'll go, for you. I'll go out for a drink with you every now and again, yeah. but you ain't coming in my house. Yeah. If, you have, if you harbour those sort of feelings... In real life, bullying yeah. is, is worse because you, you can't get away You can't get away from it. You can log out, you, yeah. you can got, choose not to read the bad We've got things. a friend who's a famous actor who's, um, who's just left Twitter. He's just done a massive production on Netflix. He left Twitter because he couldn't handle the comments. So he said, I could stay on there. And listen, he's got a massive following. I could stay on there, but I'm, you know what? I make my life easier. I'm gonna come off. I'm gonna come off Instagram, Twitter, everything else, and make sure I'm I'm not involved in it. Look, look, you what, can, look what Paul's you done not, here. You, huh? I was gonna say, just bring it back to what Paul's done is. You can either sit there and you can let it bring you down yeah. and kill you, or you can go out and try and try and do something. Prove positive. them wrong. To wrap everything up, what we do at the end of every episode, guys, is we free our inner geezer. 
All right, so we've all got to break a stereotype yeah. and admit to something particularly unexpected that we might do in our spare time. I'll start that. Go on. Go on. Go on. So, I'll show you. I'll show you. So, I'm a geezer, Ebenezer. I ain't got a good rhyme today, but I love going down to the flower in the garden centre on a Saturday morning and getting a new house plant with my girlfriend. Aww. I do. I do. Oh, <laughs> um, your tears. <laughs> I, I'm Scotty Stacks. I'm a geezer. And this year in Ibiza, one of my favourite parts of the holiday was the sunsets. <laughs> I could make many jokes about that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> you're, you're all right, son. Uh, my name's Danny Graft. I'm a geezer and I've probably spent more time thinking about my barnet this year than my music career. Because <laughs> I feel like it's going a bit thin. I'll be getting worried about it. This is really hard. No, but you've got to do the opposite. opposite. You what? could admit something laddish that you do. Yeah. Or something. Break the stereotype, whatever it may be. Paul, yeah, you got one? Think. I'm a geezer, <laughs> and my name is Paul Cannival. Yes, bro. Uh, and I put face mask on my face. Jesus, there we go. <laughs> it's all that you can. You can tell. You could, it's not all. a secret. That's what I told him. Which <laughs> side he's filming. No. <laughs> Trust me. My Come on, Charlie. I don't have... Ba- I don't really know, because... I'm Samira. So you say I'm Samira. Yeah. I'm a geezer. Yeah. No, 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 you're not a geezer, you're a Ladiza. A Ladiza. A Ladiza. Like um, and I like going out to like throw up and carry on drinking and eating and then carry <laughs> on. Oh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. She likes, she likes a kebab, our Samira. Listen, Samira, thank you so much for coming, for coming down. Good luck with this production thank and you. this new deal. You are a superstar. Thank, thank you very much. Paul as well. You are a legend. You're like one of my uncles. I swear to God. Uh, what a cracking episode that was, mate. How about Paul Cannonville's debut? You know what I mean? But just imagine that, uh, working so hard to become a professional footballer, and then on your debut, you get racially abused by your own fans. Take it all away from <clears throat> It's fucking mad. Like, you think about what we talk about now, like, the little bits and bobs you see in the game, and it's still bad, mm. but how much worse it must have been back in that day. Never shall we return. Like you can't, you can't even start to imagine. And then, yeah, Samira Mighty, she was absolutely lovely. lovely Just girl. goes to show for someone that's, you know, that's been on reality TV and probably received a, a fair share of hate online. Just doesn't seem bitter about it. She's got a lovely outlook, lovely person. But listen, look, we did touch on some serious issues. If you or anyone that you know have been affected by any of the issues or topics raised, there'll be a list of websites and services in the episode info box where you can get help. Please like, subscribe and rate the Free the Geezer podcast so we can keep the talking going. Join us for next week's episode where we will be talking about drink, drugs and having it large. It's going to be a fantastic episode. You lot have given us some unbelievable submissions so I can't wait to get to it. <laughs>